0: May the words of our mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be wondering why we're both standing yeah, up here. It's fun. Um, so we do this thing. We didn't know when we went to seminary that a big part of ministry would be coming uh, content creators. Yeah, I didn't. So we are, uh, we are YouTube influencers.
1: Oh, boo.
0: Uh, maybe you've boo. noticed we do this thing on YouTube regularly where uh, people ask us questions and, and we talk about what do Christians think about whatever. We've done what do Christians think about book bans. Mm-hmm. We've done what do Christians think about the second coming. What do Christians think about lots of different things. So Gavin, today, yeah, what do Christians think about Lent? Lots of different things. Good question.
1: Um, so uh, we're in Lent, right? Like it is purple now. I'm wearing this lovely new stole. Thank you, St. Martin's. This was a gift from y'all if you didn't know. Um, We are in this 40 days. We've got the crosses covered. There's no hallelujahs that you're gonna see in uh, the bulletin. We're not saying that. So why, why, why do we do this? Um, There is a temptation, I think, to think of Lent and Holy Week kind of as an extension of Lent as like we are reenacting, right? what Jesus Christ went through. We are reenacting, especially Holy Week, the last week of Jesus's life, Good Friday, we're reenacting the crucifixion. And in some ways, yes, sure, we are rehearsing, we're kind of going again, what happened, recapitulating, right? But the reality is, what we're doing in Lent is simply focusing on a specific time when we are preparing, where we are Uh, using more penitential kind of communal language within our liturgy, but we're not, like Jesus is still out of the tomb. That doesn't change during Lent. That doesn't change during Good Friday. We're not saying like this isn't happening and now it's happening again. We're not Every time that we do the Eucharist, we're not re crucifying Christ. We are simply remembering. So we're not rehearsing, we're not reenacting, we're remembering a certain time in the life of Jesus Christ that has a particular and specific impact on our lives day to day now. That, did I answer yeah. your question? Oh, yeah, I think, oh. I think
0: so. And so, you know, like you get each week, each year, the first Sunday in Lent, we hear the temptation. Uh, narrative, right? So Matthew and Luke, we get it all. Jesus is out there. He's living on like stones and dirt for 40 days, and that's where a lot of our fasting practices come from. We do all of this. Then we come to Mark today. and Mark, we get a sentence, right? We go from the baptism. Jesus is called beloved. Immediately, he's driven out. We get a sense that he's in the wilderness for 40 days. We have no sense that he fasted. It says the angels waited on him, so I can imagine Jesus sitting out there in the desert in the wilderness with angels, you know, bringing him his coffee and his chocolate <laughs> and whatever else we maybe have already failed to give up, yeah, right? We have no sense of that, right? We get that other places, but then Jesus is immediately um, on his way to do his mission. So we, Mark helps us focus on this. Not, it's not about what we give up, right? It's about what we're participating in. Mm-hmm. And to do that, we look back at, at our first reading today. Uh, we get noah you know right after the flood we all know the story of noah the animals two by two and all that and here we have the waters have receded god comes down talks to noah says i'm never going to do it again i'm making a covenant with you i'll never again destroy the peoples of the earth and over the next six weeks this year where we get mark we also get the covenant passages in the first readings. And so in the coming weeks, we'll hear about the covenant with Moses, the covenant with Abraham, all the way to Jeremiah and the New Covenant, which leads us to Easter and the fulfillment of the New Covenant. So we're going to spend the next several weeks looking at that. Y'all are going to get tired of hearing the word covenant, Mm -hmm. because that's what we're talking about all throughout Lent. So Gavin, what is covenant?
1: Oh, sure. Softball. Um... (laughs) What is covenant? So there's a way to read, I'm taking off the glasses because it's that serious. Um, there's a way to read the scriptures uh, in kind of this lens of covenant, right? There are Seven or eight that people have sort of seen throughout the scripture. So it starts with the Adamic covenant, right? Adam. And then we move into the Noahic covenant, the one that we heard today, Noah, the Mosaic covenant, Moses, uh, Davidic covenant, uh, Abrahamic covenant, all of that kind of stuff. And then we move into Jeremiah, right? We're into the prophets. And Jeremiah talks very, very explicitly about the new covenant where the hearts of stone will be made into hearts of flesh and the law itself will be written on our hearts, not on the scrolls any longer right and so then we see that kind of made manifest in the person of jesus christ as he ushers in the new covenant now one of the things that we'll see kind of throughout scripture and this is really great for lent and sort of this um, holy week thing that we're leading up to is in the hebrew scriptures in the old testament there was always and this gets grim and gory so i apologize i'm glad that we sent the kids away One of the things that you see always is that when a covenant is made between two people or between God and man, there is always a sacrifice that is made, right? And so what that looked like in the Hebrew scriptures was that they would take an animal, typically a bull or a goat or something or a sheep or a lamb, and they would cut the animal in half, move it to the side, and they would walk through it together. So that there was a sacrifice that had to be made for the covenant to have any sort of import or effect now here's the thing that we see in the new covenant that instead of an animal being sacrificed god himself becomes the sacrifice for the covenant so within the covenants we see time and again every single one of these covenants fails because why they're made with human beings and we're fallible people but here in the new covenant in the person and work of jesus christ 1 Peter, right after this passage, I don't know if we're going to get it in the next few weeks, but one of the things that 1 Peter talks about says, um, when we are faithless, he is faithful for he cannot deny himself. The very nature of God is to be faithful to covenants made. So even though every single covenant will fail on our end and has failed, we see that time and again through the scriptures, the covenant that God makes is God is on both ends of it right? God himself is a sacrifice. God himself is the one making the covenant with us. And because we will fail, but God himself is not faithless, though we are, that covenant still stands. Did I answer your question? I think so. I can I put think the glasses so. back on. No, Thank we God. got
0: six more weeks to talk about that, all leading us up. So here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. When we think of covenant now, we are a part of the new covenant. We become a part of the new covenant in our baptism. And so on Easter morning, we already have two baptisms lined up for 10.30, and we want to have more. If you've never been baptized, talk to us. Let's do it on Easter. We can do it outside at 6.45. You can get baptized in the fountain. We'll do it at 8.30 in here. We'll do it at 10.30. If you've never been baptized, talk to us. Maybe this is a time. Or for the rest of us, what are we going to do? We're going to renew our baptismal covenant. Because in that, we make these promises, right? And we say, like, we know, we say, whenever you sin, we say that in our baptismal covenant because we know we're not going to uphold our end of the bargain. Repent and return to the Lord. And so we renew, every time there's a baptism, we renew our own baptismal covenant. We renew saying, hey, we're going to try. We know we're going to fail. And God, we know you're faithful in the end. And so these next seven weeks, that's what we're going to do. We're going to prepare ourselves. It's, it's part of why we've changed the words in our liturgy, so we can think about what we're saying. Mm -hmm. We're not just going to do it by rote memory. We're going to think about it for seven weeks.
1: And historically speaking, this is actually... Uh, Up until, I think, like the 1900s, Lent was a time of preparation for baptism. So people who were interested in being baptized, and there were only a few days in the church year when baptisms would happen. In the early church, it was only on Easter Sunday. And so you would have people who came to the church very interested, wanting to be a part of the church, all this stuff, and they would not be baptized until a year later when Easter came around. But the time of Lent, the 40 days preceding Easter, was this time of what was called catechumenate, and it was this time of what does the church think about this? What do we as a body of believers like value? What is something that we want to focus on? And so this time of Lent, we're not necessarily going to do like the, you'll find catechumenate classes and stuff in some churches we're not doing that but we are as a church going to talk about what is it that we as a body of believers value uh what's important to us what is our covenant our baptismal covenant these vows that we take and will affirm again on easter what does that look like played out into the world
0: yeah so that's the lead up that sets us up for the next several weeks talking about covenant hopefully it sets us up for easter morning when if you've never been baptized, let's talk about it. And for those of us that have been baptized, we're actually going to mean it, right? We're not just going to read the words on the page because we're there, even though we're Episcopalians, and you put something <laughs> in front of us, we're going to repeat it, right? Because we, we want this to be meaningful, right? Because we know that this covenant means something. We know that God came and lived among us. And, right, Gavin's absolutely right. We're not going to pretend that God's stuck in the grave. Even on Holy Saturday, Mm -hmm. when we're here and it's dark and everything's gone, we remember, but we also know the end of the story, Mm -hmm. right? Last year, Holy Saturday, we buried somebody, right? And so that's a sad day, but we stand at the grave and even then make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Remember, we're not going to pretend in Easter or pretend in Lent that we don't know what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. We're not play acting out here. We're preparing That's what Jesus was doing in the wilderness. He was baptized. He was sent to the wilderness to prepare, not just to suffer, not just to give things up, not just to have a holy Lent. He was sent out there to prepare so he could go out and preach. And so that's what we're going to do. Let's spend these next several weeks contemplating what it means for us to live into God's covenant, what it's going to mean for us to either be baptized or to renew our baptismal covenants so that we can go out and do the work that God has given us to do. Does that sound like a deal? Sound like a deal?
1: Yeah, man, you nailed it. Good work.
0: Good work. (laughs) Amen. Amen.